advocate of being one with nature, a certified horticulturist, and a champion of creative flow as inspired by everything that surrounds us. Gianluca is indeed an artist with a lot of layers, pretty much the same as his beautiful, realistic floral creations. Tune into our conversation as we deep dive on how to let go of emotional clutter through scribbles and how it can help with decisiveness and clarity, getting around the feeling of being stuck, finding your creative sacred space and being in the zone, how to draw and paint intuitively, how to navigate through creative entrepreneurship, and how to become the best version of yourself. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etrolab.com. Hey, this is Jesse, and I'm an artist and studio host for Etrolab. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. So join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. Jean-Luca, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with me and for being part of Make More Art. I'm excited. And this is interesting because I was looking, browsing as usual on Instagram, and I saw this post from yours about 17 hours ago. And you mentioned something about our role as artists, about creating beauty, despite of the challenges, of course, that we're facing as artists and creatives. But before we drill into that a little bit further, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, especially those who have attended your live demo and your mini workshop, would really want to know who is Gianluca behind those beautiful art pieces, very realistic ones, and how did everything start? Oh, big question. Um, so <laughs> I live in London um, in, the, in the UK. My parents are from Italy. So, and they came here when they were young teenagers, like children. Um, so we've always loved gardening because it's been a big part of our, our, our culture to grow our own food, to cultivate the land, you know? And so I think I first started to tune in to creative flow with, when it comes to gardening. And then I went on to study horticulture at college. Um, so I've always had a real love for plants and I feel like that really kind of expressed itself in my artwork as well. Um, that's why it's really grounded in my artwork because uh-huh. I just love, I just love the um, authenticity of nature and it's kind of like divine perfection. Yeah. Um, it's just like symbolisms and reflections of like the divine and how wonderful life really is when we just be still and tune into the natural world and not this fake human world <laughs> with all its made-up rules yeah. um, and, and mental clutter. Um, and so, so that's like my biggest inspiration. And more about me, um, I'm a twin. <laughs> yeah, that, that's um, very interesting. I don't know a lot of people who have twins. Really? Yeah. My dad's a twin as well. Um, oh, it runs in the family then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just love the outdoors. I love nature. I love gardening and I love artwork. It's it's my passions. It clearly reflects that you have this passion and love for nature with all of your art pieces. One thing that I've really, uh, one thing that I've seen in your art pieces, they are mostly florals and animals. And Mm -hmm. those are really very detailed and realistic. So would you say that it's always been, since you mentioned that you've always been surrounded 
and you grew up with you cultivating the land and everything coming from the earth. And so that has been the source of your inspiration. That's what you said. Yeah. So when did the whole creativity and you know, painting start? Um, I remember the first time I ever drew something that I liked. Uh-huh. I was in primary school. That's what we call it here in the UK. Oh, okay. And I was probably maybe four, five or six years old. And we went to a school trip to London Zoo. And I remember seeing lions. <laughs> and then the next day we had to draw our favorite animal that we saw at the zoo. And I just drew or painted a lion. I didn't really think of anything. And then the teachers stopped me and they, I thought I was going to get in trouble. And then they told me how wonderful it is. And they made me show the whole class. And I was so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> and it just started from there. Like I remember doing that, how much I enjoyed it. I didn't think there was no thinking. I was just doing very intuitive. Um, and that's a nice memory to have. Um, but more professionally speaking, I, I've always drawn, I've always painted. I just always have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure why. I just, it feels like there's an itch inside me and I need to get out through creativity. Otherwise I begin to feel very stagnant, very heavy, very, um, clouded if I'm not productive when it comes to making things mm-hmm. um, and I think that's an important thing for creatives we are we are built to make things and create and when we stop that flow of energy um, like just like how water stops it starts to stagnate and become gross and that can happen with our mood our mental health and our body so yeah we're just like rivers of water and water flows and we need to flow too otherwise yeah, we just get stagnant and um, clouded. I love how you talk about creativity and um, and then comparing it with how water flows, because it's a common, I think, struggle, especially when you're starting out, right? I'm not sure if this is something that you've experienced as well when you were starting, because based on that um, memory that you shared being in primary school and destroying. Um, was it a lion just mm-hmm. and it was very intuitive but you were just you know the creative but the creative juices were just flowing but it's always been a struggle for a lot of people who are starting out in their creative training that they feel stuck yeah. especially with the whole white you know blank paper if you've ever had that experience um or have you ever had that experience before and how did you get around that so feeling stuck and not knowing what to paint. Right. Um, I have felt like that a few times. Um, When I feel really unsure of what to create, it's when I have overworked myself. Mm. So that I need to kind of take time to rest. Okay. Um, Or if I'm in a bad mood, then it's hard for me to create. Uh Um, so what I do, I have sketchbooks and I just make really messy drawings, scribbles, nothing is, not, I'm not trying to create anything. I'm just trying to get emotions out on paper. Okay. And so that stuff is stuff that no one's going to see because it's ugly. It's horrible. But it, it, it's, um, it's not for our eyes. It's for our emotional self to just be put on paper so then it's done with. Mm-hmm. And that is, can really help with indecisiveness and create more clarity. Because once you've got that emotional junk out of the way, then you're clear enough to be like, oh, I can feel this as inspiration. Let me create this now. 
That's very oh, profound. Yeah, yeah. say that. When we're in that weird funk, you know, um, we can't see clearly and we can't feel clearly. And that's more important for artists is the feeling side or creative mm-hmm. in general. Okay. Yeah. In your many workshop, you talk a lot about energy and mm-hmm. how when we create, it's really our emotions. And it's like from inside out and how we create. And then tagging it or tying it with what you just said about our emotional junk. And that's mm-hmm. sort of like a roadblock when it comes to creativity and how just scribbling. And it doesn't have to be posted or for anyone yeah. to see, but more of like just getting the junk out. Yeah. Would you say that this has always been your way of like putting yourself in the zone to create these beautiful art pieces. Because I know with realistic watercolor, it really takes time. And when you're not in, in that element, it's, it kind of has to be very detailed. At least about, that's how I perceive it. But, yeah. I would say when you're, when you're creating, for me, I can only speak for myself, create sacred space. Make the space a sacred space. So if people don't know what that means, make the space that you're in, so your desk, right, where you're about to paint. Bless the space, set an intention. Today I'm going to flow and enjoy myself as I create. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe light the candle, put some incense on and put your, your favourite music on. Um, I work best when I'm flowing with a good playlist. Cool. Um, because so- sometimes, just then you're, you're listening to the music and you're not thinking. When it comes to painting, obviously there's different, ways of painting with my work you have to kind of understand what you're doing but once you kind of understand the basics then you can flow so you don't have to think about the steps of Mm -hmm. how to paint you know um so then it becomes more of an intuitive flow so when you have a distraction like music and you can flow with the music you can sing out loud do whatever you want um you can kind of like dance as you paint you know on the chair all humans get out of the mind and go into the body you know and things will just flow a lot more let me just capture that real quick you said get out of your mind and just go with your body is that what you into the body into the body yeah can you expand a little bit more on that because the reason i ask is because um i do a lot of loose florals Mm -hmm. i I, i'm kind of a little bit scared to venture into realism because I think it's, you know, it's quite scary because it's very detailed. It takes time. It can be very overwhelming to not be able to achieve, the, you know, the similarity with the actual subject. So how, how do you incorporate that, what you said, get out of your mind and into your body? So I feel once you've reached a confident enough space to know the, like the manual steps to create something. Mm-hmm. So for example, like I don't drive. So if I were to get in a car, I would not know what to do. I would overthink, right? Yes. But when someone who's learned something, so learn how to drive, you drive automatically, right? You don't mm-hmm. think about the steps you need to do to drive. Right. And that's the same when you hold your brush and you start working on paper. You don't have to think about the steps now. And so I can flow without having to think, okay, this is my first layer. This is my second layer. This is now I've got to begin to render the piece, you know? I don't have to think like that. Sometimes it's good to step back and then have that mental check-in. That's mm-hmm. really important. That's a good tip. And then you can go back into that flow state of, of creating. Um, but when I say like going to the body, um, I'm talking about like your awareness, your consciousness. When we're too much in our head space, um, we, it's just, too, it just is too clouded. There's a time and space for that. 
but our, our intelligence is all throughout our body. It's not just in our head. Um, and you can really feel that. That's why in a lot of meditations, they ask you to feel the body and go into the body, become more grounded. Our body is part of our whole kind of system. Mm-hmm. You know, muscle memory. When you're in the body, the body can then know the steps even more so because it's fully engaged and it's relaxed to learn the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really take an intuitive, holistic approach to life. I've always been very sensitive to energy and I just love that kind of, you know, it's not really the mind's job. The mind will do what it needs to do. And our job is just to relax and, and go into it, lean into it. That's very, that's very interesting. That's a very interesting take, um, Jim Luca, when you talk about being intuitive and getting out of the mind and then into your body. And I know um, in the, the kind of lifestyle that you lead is you're really more into being with nature and then this holistic approach. And I know you do a lot of crystals as well. And do you do meditation as well? Yeah, I meditate every day. Every day. Uh, How does that help with your creativity? I'm always fascinated with people who who do um, realistic um, Mm -hmm. watercolor painting because when I look at their works, your work specifically, you know that it takes a lot of time and dedication and intention to create a beautiful art piece like the ones that you create. So how do you incorporate all of those things that you practice on a daily basis into creating these beautiful pieces? So... um... One of my big goals is to create an oracle card deck, if you know what that is. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> an oracle card deck. Oh, an oracle card deck. I think it's... Uh, kind of like tarot cards, but different. <laughs> and I want to use the the energy of the flowers that I like to work with and their messages, because everything has a symbolism, you know? You can create a symbolism around every, anything in life, really. And um, I like that intuitive approach. So I like to mix my artwork with my spiritual side. Um, and I don't really see many people my age doing that um, kind of thing. And especially like very detailed botanical work. It's uh-huh. more kind of um, Photoshop images and Oracle cards nowadays, which are still stunning. Um, so I think it's a really cool approach to like connect with the messages. Like what does a rose represent? Roses, my whole thing with roses, right? Yeah, those are really beautiful. Roses are just like unconditional love, the divine Mm -hmm. feminine. They're all about what we've been talking about, creativity, flow, ease, joy, well-being, embodying your beauty, embodying you, like more just your mind, more than your your body, your soul, the whole being that you are. Mm -hmm. And I think creatives know this especially, even if they're not, they don't practice any form of, spirituality or anything like that there's kind of an innate part of us where we feel there's something bigger than us and we need to translate that you know whether that be through a painting or through song or through movement and dance through words like the creatives tune in and they tap into something that is greater than themselves or at least the perceived part of themselves and they need they're channeling something that they're bringing something forth from the subconscious and something beyond that as well and um, I just like to consciously work with that process. <laughs> I love when you speak about creating um, and knowing that it's beyond us. Yeah. That you need to channel that um, into whatever form of art. And mm-hmm. so with you, it's really painting. Yeah. 
painting. I, I like to do, I do like to uplift people through my words as well. Mm. But my paintings and my words are a good mix. I've, I've read some of your captions on Instagram as well. And I think you have a really engaged community on Instagram. And I love how you are encouraging other artists to continue creating and, mm-hmm. you know, get out of, like what you just said earlier, get out of your head and mm-hmm. just create, let your creative juices flow and let your body create yeah. without the need to overthink what it is that you need to create. Yeah. So in, in your journey of being a watercolor artist and particularist as well, this is very interesting because you mentioned that you are a certified um, particulturist. How has mm-hmm. that helped you um, evolve in terms of your style of painting? Yeah, um, I think it's helped because I know how to look at plants. Oh, okay. You know, and I know what plants are. Like I know how to identify them. Not mm-hmm. all of them, obviously. Um, I know how to take care of them. I know how they grow. So then I can then just look at what I'm looking at with more clarity. And you don't have to be a horticulturist to do that, obviously. But I think when people begin to um, study painting or want to do kind of botanical illustration, they might just go out with the the thickest layer of paint straight away. And they don't have to build up the colours. So when I look at a plant, I'm like, okay, this is your base colour. And then we can build this colour on top. Like, I'm not just looking at one colour, there's multiple layers of colours that this plant has right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with everything, I guess, if you want to paint it. Um, you're just like kind of zone in, I'm looking at one of my plants right now, so I'm just kind of like zoning in on the texture, on how the light hits it. I'm still not great with light, to be honest, in my paintings. <laughs> um, so that's something I still want to develop for big time, is creating the correct light and contrast in the shadows. Um, so just like getting the kind of colours right and colour matching, that's a really good skill to learn. Like, what is that colour? How can I recreate that on my palette, you know? That's a really good way. I mean, it's a really good tip, uh, especially for anyone who wants to start into, whether you're loose floral, loose watercolour or yeah. realistic, is to really understand the colour. And I think I've heard it with some of the interviews that I've had, that in order for you to draw, you really need to pay attention. Yeah. And with you, it's the colors, identifying what your colors are and just looking mm-hmm. closely, spending time. At the same time, this is really what I love about, um, you know, meeting artists. It, there are different layers. Sorry, there's a one there when it comes to, you know, as artists, we deal with paints and colors all the time. Like for watercolors, we deal with layers. But as artists, there's a whole other layer aside from what we see on the ground. And listening to you talk about all these things, there's just a lot of layers in your personality when you get it. That's the reason why I really wanted to have this chat with you. And so I'm interested to know, as an artist, right, do you have some sort of routine in order for you to get in the zone? You mentioned about having music on and mm-hmm. um, specific playlist. What are the things that you incorporate in your sacred space before mm-hmm. you dive into painting? It'll be interesting. Um, yeah, so I have something that I want to paint to find that inspiration. Um, I get inspiration just by being outside. So my recent painting, I'll show you, it's like on my desk right now. It's an iris flower. I saw that on the ground. It's really very deep. And this is from an iris that I grew in the gardens. So I took a picture and I was like, I'm going to paint you one day. And then I painted it. So my inspiration is growing flowers. 
growing and plants. then growing them in the garden like why if you have space why wouldn't you it's the easiest thing to do true <laughs> really that is true that's a really good point and you're not only benefit benefiting yourself yeah you're benefiting all those amazing insects and nature and birds and mammals that are in the garden so just by you simply buying a plant or putting a plant on the ground or sowing some seeds, you're having a beautiful effect on the nature around you. Yeah. Right? And then we're blessed with its beauty. And then we can create something even more beautiful from that. Like, that's cool. That's like a cool chain reaction. It is. Um, I like to, I just, I just know that I'm going to paint. So then I'm already set up, you know, to mm -hmm. go and work. Right. Kind of so having the, the, the intention this is my job, so I'm going to paint. So you, you put yourself in a mindset, this is your job, to create this is my job. Create this, this is my job, and it's my passion. That's nice. Right. I have a follow-up question to that. Um, I, I've read somewhere, and I think I mentioned this in one of the episodes as well, but I would like to ask you this as well, because I know that... Are you doing this full-time, by the way, before I dive into that question? Yeah. You do? Um, I am on and off. So sometimes... <laughs> honestly sometimes because I'm still a growing business so I haven't achieved the level of income that I desire uh, mm -hmm. right now yeah so um normally in the summer so actually I'm gonna I'm, I'm starting to work with um my cousin who's a gardener he has a gardening business so yeah. I'm pretty qualified I know what I'm doing and I I enjoy it so I'll do that for a few days and then I can balance my artwork I think that's a really good point because I went for a, a long period of time of resisting uh, finding a part-time job okay. because I felt like I was giving up on myself or my career and my passions but actually now where I am I'm thinking it's harder to just fully go into it and not have the security blanket of of finances around you mm -hmm. um, and that can put you in a kind of worse mood and state because you feel like you're in survival mode Mm -hmm. if you can lift if you can lift that up and just find a part-time job and be like no i'm investing in myself and my business because then i can um advertise more i'll have money to advertise more then be seen more and then get more clients you know and then if i do have part-time job i don't have to depend on my creativity as my business right now i don't have to strangle myself with that pressure you know i think that's a really really important thing and no, you're not giving up on yourself. You're actually investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Just right now, you haven't got there yet. It's okay, but we're still developing. We're still growing. And then you can build up the business side. So then how do I market? How do I advertise? The biggest thing is, am I, is my, are my skills good to sell? And most people's are. And even if they're not that good, there are a lot of people who aren't that great and make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They just know how to be seen. And I think that's the biggest thing in business. How can I be seen by more people? Right. Because people don't know you exist until they see you. Until they'll see you. That's true. So Instagram and social media are great platforms um, to be seen more. Being on social, um, they say that being an artist and a content creator are two different things. And I absolutely agree. So um, just going back quickly to what you said about um, this is your job and this is your passion. But you made a decision to don't not really dive into full time, but rather have another stream of income to support your art, not necessarily give up 
on it, yeah. but invest into growing and supporting yeah. it. Yeah. The other question, remember I had a question earlier, is that, yeah, some people would say, or I think I've, I've, at least I've read this from the, from the book, um, that the quickest way to hate what you love doing is to turn it into your job. Mm-hmm. Is that is that true for you too? Or that can you- be true. I think that can be true when the money isn't coming in mm. or when you're not getting the responses you want because then you're saying, this is my only, only way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not, it's not your only way. There's more ways to create. Right. And a lot of the time it is, it just needs, you just need patience. And that is so hard to accept. It is. That I need patience because um, things just don't happen overnight. They really don't. You can begin to build up the momentum and then things can happen, like big things can happen overnight, but you won't start a business and it won't, it just, it, it just won't happen like that. At least not for me. It takes effort and practice. It's like um, working out. You won't see results after your first workout. You won't see results after your 10th workout. You'll see results in like six months, you know? Yeah. Um, or longer. But a business is, you need to develop your skills. It's all about developing and growing. Mm. Uh, and I think the sooner people can start a business and then develop that and the better. I believe when you become an entrepreneur or on your journey to be an entrepreneur, it, like I mentioned this in my post, I think, um, it um, affects all areas of your life. You are becoming a different person you are becoming someone who's empowered, who knows how to manage money and finances, who feels worthy of receiving and being seen, feels like they have something important to share. They aren't scared. Maybe they're scared inside, but they don't show that or project that because they know um, the life they want is much more important than their small insecurities. And so we are completely reprogramming our mind and the way we operate because we say we deserve better and we have to prove to ourselves we deserve better so we have to try things that are uncomfortable and I was speaking to someone yesterday on Instagram and they said they're too scared to show their art you've got to change that yeah you've got to change that because you want to be an artist you want to create you have to be seen and I said if um you have the ability to create then there's something in you that wants to be seen as well and you just have to work through the um, insecurities mm-hmm. and the traumas and the belief systems of I'm not enough. That's the biggest thing. I'm not worthy and I'm not enough. Um, they're like the two kind of anchor points of mm-hmm. a lot of negative self-talk and belief systems. And this is where I think meditation is powerful, um, journaling or inner work or speaking to yourself out loud and building a relationship up with yourself and being like, okay, what's up? What's wrong? Why do I feel like this? Why do I feel unworthy? And a lot of the times we um, don't know we feel unworthy. So for example, let's like start here because emotions work in layers, right? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I'm jealous of someone. I'm jealous that someone is getting more likes and more attention than me and their work, I think it's not as good enough as mine, right? Yeah. I think that's a common thing. That that's a lot common of thing, do. common thing, yeah. Like, oh my God, their work is not as good as mine and they're getting attention and they're full-time, what? Okay, so let's drop that down. So the initial surface level emotion was jealousy and agitation maybe. Mm-hmm. And below that was unfairness. Oh, I don't feel like that's fair. Right. And then below that could be, I feel like a victim. Mm. Below, that, I, below that, it could be, I don't think I'm good enough. 
Oh, that, you know, that, that part. Yeah, and then below that, it could be, I, I'm just not worthy. I don't believe people would like me. I'm just not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. Yeah. And so from the initial emotion, which most people just think that's it, and then it's like, no, 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 it's a whole layer thing. And this is the holistic approach to life. Why is that triggering you? Go deep because every single thing in your life is showing you what you can work on and transform to become the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say becoming an entrepreneur is a journey for self-healing and self-empowerment because it really is. I feel like I just want to take a pause and digest everything that you just said because you nailed some really good points there, especially yeah. for artists and with a lot of creatives going through the kind of struggle. More, even though you're not an artist or if you're listening to this episode and you're just in at the point of your life that you're not sure whether you want to push through with something or venture or um, try out something that you're passionate about. Um, and so what I would like to really touch on as well is in your journey, right? I know that you're into realistic um, watercolor yeah. florals, but have you tried a different forms of art as well? Or have you been yeah. asked to create something different? I am asking this because I know that you mentioned something about acrylic. And um, yeah. I would also want to ask you about, you know, how, what made, what's the decision or thought process of just focusing more on realistic watercolor forms? So I, yeah, thank you. I used to um, do all sorts of paintings and drawings. Not very good. (laughs) Um, I used to do those dirty pours for the critics. Is it no? It's not alcohol, but yeah, the acrylic fluid art. Yeah, acrylic pour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to do that, and I used to like that, but I used to make a lot of mess. Like, even my desk is still stained with acrylic. <laughs> and really? I don't use acrylic. <laughs> okay. um, and they were fun. They're really fun to um, express yourself. Mm. I feel like um, abstract work is really fun to express yourself with. Mm. Um, it's really a mood booster. Um, it, you, that you can express yourself through, like, um, the work I do, but it's... Because you're really trying to create something that people need to like understand what it is, yeah. or trying to capture what it is. Mm-hmm. There's less kind of expression. There's just more flow in there. But with abstract work, um, that you can put your energy on on canvas from people mm-hmm. um, in a different way, a more maybe volatile way, more volcanic-y, you know, more expressive, more yeah, yeah alive. Um, so I, I used to do a, uh, like acrylic pause. I used to paint aliens <laughs> for a while. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy that. Um, I used to get a lot of commissions to paint uh, ETs and stuff. Really? So interesting. I mean, that's yeah. total like 180 degrees different from what you're making right now. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed that for a while. And I was like, mm, I don't want to do this anymore. And then um, I have done like bigger pieces on canvas, um, which is abstract work, just like with acrylics, but not pores, just more kind of, I actually really enjoyed that. I was thinking maybe I should set up another Instagram account where I do abstract work. Yeah. Because I think it's nice to have a balance of the different mediums you use. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe it's the same medium, but maybe you just work differently. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, like some days you might want to do um, stretching and some days you want to do a real hard, intense ab workout, you know? <laughs> you have that flowy kind of vibe and then you have that really forced kind of yeah. vibe. Um, so, yeah, so it's all very different. It's just a different way uh, you operate when you're expressing yourself through creativity. It's, it's, I think it's more dramatic and more kind of, it is kind of you know a play a, a dance when you do abstract work yeah i love how you very artistic a very creative way of explaining about the acrylic side of your work because <laughs> normally people would just say watercolor it flows acrylic it doesn't move or it's you know because it watercolor it bleeds acrylic it yeah. doesn't but i love the balance of how you um describe what you do right now and then how you would want to keep a balance of just yeah. expressing in the dramatic um, aspect of acrylic. Mm -hmm. Jinluka, I just want to have just a few questions like um, flash fire questions before we yeah. go into the final question of mine. So just going to be very quick. Favorite time of the day to paint? Oh, the evening. Really? Are you a nocturnal being? Yeah. Oh, I'm not okay. uh, a morning person. Interesting. Okay. My brain, my brain doesn't operate in the morning. So in the evening, I feel more flow. When it's dark, okay. it's quiet. You can feel more energy at night. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Animals or roses? Or should we say animals or florals? That's <laughs> going to be more to paint. Yes. Oh, florals, florals. <laughs> florals, definitely. Okay. Favorite flower to paint. Um, roses for now. Roses. For now, it's roses. Favorite animal to paint? Maybe like a lion. A lion. I think I've seen some of lots. Or, or birds. Or some birds, actually. I like birds. birds. Oh, yeah. Crane and checkers. I think yeah, it's yeah. another weird shot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, one other thing. Okay. If you were to pick just one color to paint, just one, what color would that be? Pink. Pink. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it goes, yeah, you can definitely, especially with roses, so that makes okay. sense. Okay, Gianluca, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying our chat and um, I really learned so much. And I mentioned this during your mini workshop and the people who also attended your, your mini workshop and that they learned a lot from the chat. It's more than just the art piece of it, you know, about life, um, being grounded and having that respect for nature and being with nature. Mm -hmm. But if there are major points that you would like our audience to take away from this episode, what would they be? Mm, to just relax. <laughs> I that's think that's right. really important. Yeah. Because um, things don't need to be done right now. You can slowly go at it. Life will continue to always unfold. And we are always in a state of unfoldment ourselves as we get to know who we are, as we get to embody ourselves more. Because I feel like most of us don't even know who we are and we still aren't shining our true self. You know, there's always an unfoldment that's happening. I think that's really important. The second thing is to do different things. So don't just, because your creativity depends on all sorts, maybe your diet, um, your sleep schedule, your relationships, your mood, your emotions, you know, how much fresh air you're getting. So um, I think you are, beings um we need to have a very well-rounded 
um, vibe to really create, I think, um, in a way where we don't get exhausted, mm. you know, because we can get exhausted after we paint for a while. And if you have different ways that you're really kind of um, filling yourself up, then you're more balanced. I love, I love the points. And I'm sure our audience, did, those takeaways are really golden. And yeah. Luca, it's been a pleasure again. Thank you for spending time with me to chat about everything that we've talked about from your style, your works, how you grew up surrounded and your love for nature, for pens and animals and how you are an advocate of celebrating nature and just being grounded mm -hmm. and also um, encouraging artists to keep on creating and share the beauty because I think at this point, that's really what the world needs. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, joining me on the podcast for Make More Art. I had an amazing time chatting with you and we look forward to seeing more of your works and hopefully um, we'll see more of your works in some of the, I mean, on Instagram, but more important, I know you have an Etsy shop and you have, I know when you mentioned I am enough and um, I'm worthy, I think I've seen that in some of your shirts, which yeah. is, which are really great along with the paintings, along with your paintings. Yeah. So, I just, um, yeah, I made some t-shirts with affirmations and some paintings. That's I think great. So yeah, if you guys would love to see more of that, go ahead and check out Jim Luca's um, account. There are links there that you can check out. And I saw on his recent post that he mentioned that if you would like to talk about some of your struggles as an artist, you can DM him. And mm -hmm. um, that's really very kind of you to do that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening or artists out there are, have different struggles of their own. But having that open door of communication from an artist like yourself is really very generous and very kind. So thank you for doing that, Chanduka. Thank you for being on the show. And thank you so stay much. safe. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are enough and you are worthy. These are the words of Gianluca as he empowers other artists to allow themselves to let go of their fears by being attuned to their surrounding and taking the time to see the beauty that abounds. I learned so much listening as he went on about going deep and letting life unfold as we embody ourselves more. Were you inspired to stop and not just smell but paint the roses? I know I am. Share with us your stories of growth and creativity by leaving a comment on the blog post associated with the podcast at etrolab.com slash We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast or you can find us on YouTube at Etro Studio. And, oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.